0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA-approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
2: By the way, you can ask me anything, nothing's taboo or off limits, so you can let it fly.
0: (laughs) Välkommen till ännu ett avsnitt av Rock Bottom. Och
1: nu i dag så måste ni kunna engelska, förstår ni, för annars så blir det svårt att hänga med när Brent ifrån Shinedown ska prata med
0: oss. Så vi säger helt enkelt, welcome to Rock Bottom.
2: Thank you very much, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for taking the time to do the interview. Well,
0: thank you so much. (laughs) And a Florida
2: guy in snowy Stockholm. It's interesting. Uh, the, the band's estate is Florida. I'm not from Florida. Oh, I okay. formed the band in Florida. I'm actually from Tennessee.
1: Uh, there's not so, too much snow there. Not too
2: much. <laughs> Even though I remember being like uh, younger, I think, I, I think my mother had spoken about a couple of blizzards when I was younger. But I actually think this is beautiful outside. It's really, really nice today.
1: Well, we're from here. We hate it.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I used to live in Florida. I, I love coming back here. I love oh, the wind. I
2: can't stand snow. I can't stand it. For, it's
1: probably for something a wrong with. But you. they had a blister <laughs> in Texas uh, this year.
2: Yeah, did they? I don't no. know. I've been I've been overseas for for a while. I haven't been to the U.S. for a minute. I don't even know what's going on in America at the moment.
1: Right. <laughs> so, for for anyone who's not that familiar with
2: the band, uh, give us the the background of the band just briefly. The background of the band. Um, there's not a way to do that briefly. Um, can take they, your time. Then. <laughs> well, no, because it's uh, it, it's a bit Shakespearean in a way. Um, let me condense it. So, uh, basically, the background of the band was uh, in late 1999. Uh, my band from. The city that I'm from, uh, which is a city called Knoxville in the uh, state of Tennessee. Uh, the, that band was signed to Atlantic Records. It was dropped after nine months. I was re-signed to a development deal, and then that took me on a three-year journey where I created and found the members that would um, eventually become Down. We did two records, and then upon the la- second record, uh, there were just very difficult inner turmoil with uh, some of the members, so I had to let two original members go thus the sound of madness when enter zach myers and eric bass who basically uh if it hadn't been for the two of those gentlemen i might not be sitting here with you right now because in a lot of ways they were they were the glue that made the band uh go to the next level and now fast forward to uh 2018 we're getting ready to release our sixth record on atlantic records for which and the warner music group here um but attention
0: uh, attention attention
2: <laughs> attention yeah may 4th uh first singles already out devil um along with uh, pre-orders and all kinds of that great stuff that 500 everybody 500
1: signed albums or something the first uh, edition uh
2: 2000 2000 2000, signed 2000. yeah that's a lot of gone pen and late. that's a lot of pen work It is like, yeah, like went in like an hour or something like that. Wow. So, but yeah, it's, uh, there's a, uh, there's a lot of peaks and valleys to the story. Um, but it all kind of really just comes back to, uh, the band is just not a band that phones anything in. We don't make the same record twice and, uh, we climb a lot of mountains and we usually reach the top of a lot of them, but we'll take a moment to, uh, pat each other on the back and say, good job. But then we, uh. It's just time to find a bigger mountain.
1: When it comes to to fighting uh, within bands, it's not unheard of. No, <laughs> most no, bands ha- has changed members. Mm. Uh, uh, some have come back, but mm. some, some have completely yeah. changed. Yeah, uh, is there a main reason do you think, or is it just you know guys together can't get along
0: in close quarters <laughs> in a bus. <laughs> And no makeup, sex after fighting
2: <laughs> for us. Particularly, um, it had a lot to do with uh, substance abuse and attitudes. And I, uh, I needed to get clean. Otherwise, I was probably just gonna, you know, I would have probably died on the road from an overdose or, you know, some kind of. A, it was. I mean, it just was. I hate to be so cliche about it, but uh, I was heavily addicted to drugs and alcohol. And uh, some of the people around me. Uh, I knew they were never going to change and I had to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to let them go. Um, they were doing drugs too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and and it was very toxic too. So there was just no way of, it was one of those things where I'd already given myself a bunch of chances and I just kept going down the same road. And in a lot of ways, I just refused to be a cliche. Mm-hmm. And um and I wish those guys the best I, I know that they're actually doing a, you know they're doing quite well in their own lives and that that's fantastic but from me and Barry, uh, the, the drummer, you know once again, the amount of just love and affection and care Zach and Eric had coming into the project because they so they so really wanted to be in the band. This wasn't about being a hired gun this was about being a part of the band because the band needed strength and the band needed uh, encouragement and the band needed structure,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, especially when you're trying to get yourself healthy—not only physically but psychologically and emotionally—you uh, got to get good people in there. Otherwise, it's just—it's you know the poison will eventually kill the project and kill the band and we just why is
0: it so many musicians fall into the trap of drugs and alcohol and
2: so glad you got out of it yeah yeah i mean but the the thing too with me about that is just um like i don't talk about it very often uh with people um unless they ask me um The way that I I look at it is I didn't do drugs today. I didn't drink today. I don't know what I'll do tomorrow. I never went to rehab. I never, I didn't, I don't do a 12 step program or anything like that. A day at a time. Yeah, because that's the only way I know how to do it. Um, I I just, I, I cannot necessarily in regards to that part of my life, I can't think like two months down the line. I have to take it one day at a time. But the other thing too is I'm consumed by first and foremost, the most important thing in my life is my 10 year old son. Um, but ultimately what I do here is for him as well. So i that was another reason. And he likes
1: you to stick around for a while.
2: Yeah, because that was a very key point. Um, I had him when he... I I had just turned 30, Mm -hmm. and it was very apparent to me, like, I'm not going to be any good to him if I'm dead. So uh, there were a lot of factors involved in it. Um, But uh, why... Musicians fall into it, I think it's because there's some kind of uh i think there's a bit of a romance involved in the wild nights and the the glitz and the glam and the lights and the the sex and the drugs yeah. and the rock and roll. The interesting thing about that is that's just a fairy tale because eight a m comes in the morning whether you want it to or not, and at thirty years of age also uh At that time, I was like, I'm just, I'm just fed up with hangovers. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So (laughs) comes the time. (laughs) As good as
0: reason as any. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: just, it's it's also, it's bigger than that. But it's just, uh, I stopped, um, I stopped doing a lot of substances and then started to realize that everything got a lot more in focus and everything got a lot clearer. um, And that actually even terrified me even more. Because all of a sudden there's no more numbing. There's no more like facade across the uh you know the focus to the world. It's actually completely in focus and it can be frightening, you know.
1: Sobriety could be a wake-up call to yeah,
2: reality. Absolutely. And it's it you know, it and doesn't happen like overnight. It's a process. Um the best thing that anyone can do, and, and what I try to do is Surround myself with really, really good people, people that are interesting, that are artistic, that I know genuinely love me and I genuinely love them. And, uh, you know, I have that now more so than ever. The band is, in my personal opinion, this record uh, is the best work we've done in over a decade. Um, and it, uh, you can uh, make you can make legendary rock and roll when you're clean.
0: Well,
2: on to that. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to uh, the, your old, old sound, uh, even the old
1: uh, records, uh, but especially the new one, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I get a f- vibe of the early 90s, you know, right after, you know, the, the, the hair metal, mm-hmm. uh, when Alice and Chains and Pearl Jam and Nirvana came.
2: Yeah.
1: With the guitars and the way the riffs are uh, constructed, uh, you know, You're the, talking the way about you, you that. bend the riffs, it's early 90s in a way
2: think you're talking about monsters (laughs) (laughs) um which is the song on the record um there are elements of that because there's elements of a lot of different um the exposure on the record is very very specific um of course if you look at our age group we're very very influenced by that era um because it was an amazing era in my opinion for rock and roll Um, you know, especially with the shift in the tones of just the way music was recorded from the 80s to the 90s.
1: Actually, almost overnight.
2: Literally overnight. Um, It was
1: a weird thing going from Poison to Nirvana like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, a a very young man from Aberdeen, Washington destroyed hair metal within the blink of an eye. You know, Um, and but the, the fact of the matter is is there's a lot of individuals that I understand where the The timing for when that happened—it was like all of those bands with the style of the '80s and the early early '80s to the middle to like the late '80s—like they had spent so much time honing that sound, and then here comes a very interesting group of people that just completely destroyed that layout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Kurt Cobain or Eddie Vedder—that was their intention. That's the interesting thing. Those. Those guys and Lane Staley from Alice in Chains, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, you dig deep into like Sonic Youth and you get even further like Mudhoney and the Melvins and all these bands that like were built off of, quite frankly, I mean, Kurt Cobain, his like two biggest influences were David Bowie and Black Sabbath. So, I mean, you look at those, those, that's a very broad outlook and I think in a lot of ways the songs got really serious because it was time for the music to get serious. Mm-hmm. And just like now in 2018, you know, you talk about the way that people consume music and you talk about how it's instant gratification and how the the element of surprise is kind of gone because there's just an infrastructure of it's limitless. And I hear bands even now just bash the streaming system and They're really, really just bitter. And they're talking to this, you know, this younger generation, like, you're stealing this and you're doing that. Those kids haven't done anything because they were born at this time. They don't know any other way. They don't know what a CD is because they weren't born into it. They were born basically with a smartphone when they came out of the womb Mm -hmm. because that's where we are. But. The interesting thing with that, too, is I'm watching a younger generation of millennials and even younger, right around like 14 to 18, because of the resurgency of vinyl in a lot of the global markets, and even the CD. And now I'm finding out that there's a nostalgia coming back for the younger generation for cassettes. Yeah, it's nowhere. I never saw that coming. I I could see vinyl, maybe, but cassettes? (laughs) And what's happening is, it's a really beautiful thing, which is, i'm watching these 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 young men and women their eyes light up like eating chocolate cake for the first time mm-hmm. opening up a, a record and going wait a minute you mean there's another way to experience music yeah and it's like absolutely there mm-hmm.
1: is for, for these millennials music experience has always been just the music for for me growing mm-hmm. up in the 70s, mm-hmm. sitting on the subway with Kiss' new album, yeah. not being able to listen to it yeah. until I got home, just, just the smelling the art. vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I almost came you know, before yeah. I came home. Right. That was completely gone with just an MP3. You know? <laughs> That's true.
2: Um, in the same breath of that, there's also a, a dynamic of knowledge because there is no ceiling on the amount of music you can consume. So you can really get a very, very, I mean, even more broad, broader than ever. Um, Some people, you know, that's the great thing about music. Everybody has an opinion. The one thing that's never going to change, though, I'm going to give you a couple of dynamics, at least from my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be able to replace drums, bass, guitar, badass vocals in a killer song. It's never going to happen because it's awesome. And there's the only thing that I know of that can create an instantaneous emotion is music it's I've watched it cure cancer. You know, I've watched it take someone that is completely destroyed and emotionally distraught and just, you know, they've given up and all of a sudden that song comes on or they think about that song and they go over and they can dial it up quick. And all of a sudden it brings them back to life. So it's, it's very powerful. So do you have real drums on your records? Absolutely. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So that's an interesting thing that uh, you bring up. So, uh, the one because that's the first thing that they did away with in the studio mm-hmm. drummers awful
1: you know it's tough to to get the sound right you know it takes a lot of time It's got to keep time get rid of him <laughs> yeah.
2: well um barry kirch is getting ready to have his second modern drummer cover so um you know he uh he continuously steps it up um and especially on this record he's he was just an extraordinary just an animal um <laughs> In a good way, but we are very, very fortunate with this being our sixth record. Um, we've had a lot of amazing teachers. Um, Rob Cavallo is, a, is quite a mentor of mine in regards to the studio, and a lot of other engineers over the years that we've really learned a lot from. And with that being said, um, Eric has produced you know singles in regards to the records that we've we've done. He produced Cut the chord. He produced Diamond Eyes. Uh, he did Her Name is Alice for the Tim Burton and Johnny Depp reimagining of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, we were on the first Avengers soundtrack, and uh, we had a song on there that Eric produced. But now is the time for it was time for Eric to do it. I remember going to the label and they were t- wanted to talk about right, who are we going to get to do this record. And I, I told them we're going to we're going to do it ourselves. And mm-hmm. the great thing about Atlantic and Warner, what was the response to that? They said that's amazing. They're like we're with you, hundred mm-hmm. percent. We've kind of earned, actually not kind of, we've earned the right to be able to do that because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is called the music business, and you do need to make the label money. Yeah. And we've continuously shown them that we're um, because we don't ever rest on our laurels. We tour relentlessly. We always step it up. We never ever phone a record in. Like we can't make the same record twice. It's just not in our DNA. Um, there was nobody else that could do this record. There was nobody else that could have done it. Eric has a has a good way of. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices expressing why we decided to do this which is we would rather go crazy making it ourselves than watching someone else go crazy trying to make it. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a literal it's 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 um not only is it defiant and is it a statement and is it laser focused there were never any moments in the recording process where you know Eric second-guessed himself, or second-guessed any of us. There was never any like, "I don't know about this," "I'm not sure." Scratching his head, like maybe we should use a guitar. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm not sure. He was never like that. He he was always, you know, he was the captain of the ship in regards to this uh, to this record, alongside me too. But he also mixed the album, and that was on purpose because we tried to work with someone that we had worked with many, many times, and yeah. it just wasn't working out. And so we went back to the drawing board in regards to the mixing, and it took Eric a minute to kind of set his brain to the idea, because he, not that he was done, but the, the goal was to produce the record and then take a breath and then give it to a mixer, be there with them, but mm-hmm. have, you know, your, your baby come back at you, <laughs> yeah. and it was just going to sound amazing. That did not happen. And it was massively frustrating. So I got him out of where he was and back to Charleston, South Carolina, where we recorded the record. And it took a minute, but he locked into it. Um, And then the beautiful thing about that was his technique and what he did. He didn't sound replace anything. He used everything that was organic He's he knows all the technical idealism behind the frequencies and the plugins and all that dynamic, but he doesn't care about it. He's only caring about what comes out of the speaker and how it hits his heart. That's mm-hmm. the only thing he cares about. So the reason why the record sounds as massive as it does and as big as it does, is because it's in your face, really. very in your very face. Much so. Yeah, it's because it didn't. Uh, it's because it wasn't ran through a factory. Because when you go into these situations with certain mixers, then they mix everybody and why you and I'm not even talking about just rock rock the, the rock community you're talking about you know rap and urban and hip-hop and and, and pop and even country and just they're the same guys and some and some females um, that are really great engineers. But it starts to sound the same because they're using the same sound replaced drums. They're nice. using the same frequencies. They're using the same compression. They're using the same EQ on everything. That's not what we wanted to do, and that's why the record doesn't sound like anybody else except for Shine Down, which was exactly what we set out to do. Good well, lyrically, uh, uh, it's quite interesting. Is, is it uh, almost intense. a theme? Almost a theme uh, to the lyrics on the record. It was. It was by inception in the original beginning of listening to everything. And when I say listening to everything is long story short in 2016, we were finishing up a massive tour with another band and we were in all arenas and Eric was just, he didn't want to, he was afraid he was just going to be bored all day long. Cause you, you wait all day to play for your hour and 30 minutes and Um, And we're very structured on the road. Um, So he brought his Pro Tools rig with him, his smaller one. And he just made a conscious decision. Every day he was going to go into the building, into the venue. He was going to find a room, put himself in the room. He was going to write a composition. Mm -hmm. No lyrics, no melody, just in a song format. Three minutes and 30 seconds, maybe four minutes at the longest. And at the end of that tour, he had 22 pieces of, he had 22 compositions. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of 2017, I went to Charleston to listen to them. And as I listened to them all, sitting with them in the studio, I thought to myself, sounds like a concept record. Sounds like, because it all, you know, it it was, it all sounded correct coming after the next, just even musically. The interesting thing was that what he did gave the idea and the spark for the idea of what about a concept record? Because we've never done it. And the only thing that we use from those sessions is the intro, which is the synth that starts the song Brilliant, which is the finale of the record. Everything else, we started to write from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So it's not a concept record. It's called, at least we deem it this, which is, a, it's a story album. So the beginning of the record starts, and you hear um, you hear what we call the machine, and it's kind of rhythmic, almost like the like a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You hear a knock on the door. The door opens, walks inside. You can hear the footsteps. Chair gets pulled up. Person sits down takes a deep breath exhales devil starts yeah. <laughs> so you're starting from the most terrifying part of the story right out of the gate so that element takes you all the way through this journey of this individual everything is also very symbolic and metaphoric even down to the fact that everything had to come out for this record certain things had to be timed to come out altogether. Case in point, Devil, but also case in point, Devil, and the video at the same time. Because mm-hmm. the uh, the other goal is, because it's a story album, every song will have a video, and within the next year, you will see the complete story. Wow. So cool. inside of that, a lot of the elements are this empty room and this chair. Everything in the album takes place inside the room. And this person is psychologically what we call digging in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And it starts off very dramatic and and extremely terrifying and almost breathtaking. It's a bit Shakespearean in a way. Um, And all of those elements, I'll give you a key point too. In the Devil video, towards the end, you'll see it as it climaxes. Um, That's what Jesse. yeah, Yeah, at the end of, as it gets closer to the end of the video you will see one quick frame that happens. I missed that. (laughs) What, the quick frame? (laughs) So um, you'll see one quick frame that'll happen. It's about two seconds, but it's the chair in the room on its own. No one's in it. And it it pulls back. But it's very specific why that's there. I want the audience and the listener to put themselves in the chair. So it becomes your story also. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about it is, you can hear the shift in the record where all the chaos, you weathered it, but you start to feel your confidence come back and you can feel it towards the finale. And then going into you know the last few songs on the album, especially the human radio going into um, the last song, which is, is brilliant. Um, and I know you don't know what the human radio sounds like, but that symbolizes everybody outside the building calling to the person inside that everyone's out there waiting for them, and that they're saying you're not alone. Um, The human radio is a symbol of the record's heartbeat. So going into that, then you'll reach brilliant, which, um, you know, that the last three records we've done ballads last and we wanted to do the complete opposite of that, but it follows the story because Mm -hmm. you're sending this person on their way back into the world. Mm -hmm. And it's my day to be brilliant. And then at the end, too, you will hear the footsteps as the person gets up out of the chair. They walk to the door, you hear it open up and then you hear a voice go till next time, which is me. And then you'll hear the footsteps slowly kind of fade off and you'll hear that machine in the background again, slowly come back and then slowly fade out. So the goal is with that is just to make the listener want to listen to the record all over again. But the point of that. In a single mentality world with streaming and everything else we were talking about the Mm -hmm. fact that i see the generation a lot more curious about the experience so some people have asked me do you think that an album can survive in this day and age and my answer is 100 absolutely as long as it's extraordinary and as long as it is done with conviction and passion um This record is absolutely one hundred percent necessary right now for music in my opinion mm-hmm.
1: great. I was thinking about one thing that's really imp- important these days and, and that's the the lack of music magazines the the lack of viewers on mTV all those tools that were readily available for the, for the bands in in tools. the eighties. Uh, yeah, I was a part of that i I worked for a music magazine and, and we we printed tons. With bands. Right. And today it's virtually just internet and what have you and uh, Instagram or right. whatever. Uh, how has that changed the way you, you uh, expose yourself to, to, to the world?
0: The marketing tools mm-hmm. and official yeah. media.
2: So the dynamic of that is interesting for every band. Um, it's also interesting, you know, if you break out of just like rock, um, that market, even from an international point of view, every country is different. They really are. Um, the internet is something that we, we have a saying. Um, the internet is undefeated and, and, and it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to work with it. And you have to also learn, you've got to find your lane. Of course, you want to get as much exposure as you can as an artist, no matter what kind of music you do to as many people as possible. But instead of I see like just the the negativity that people discuss online and that they have everybody has an opinion online. But here's the great thing about that. You don't have to look at it. You can choose to be a part of the solution instead of part of the problem. It's very easy to like get on a bandwagon and just give up and pardon my French, but it be an asshole. Nobody wants to hang out with an asshole. So you've got to find um, integrity. Mm -hmm. And for a band, and I can only speak for myself because the band that I'm a part of, we have a bigger picture to be able to go in front of a lot of different lanes But the key right now, because we're in a bit of a transition, too, because we're figuring things out from a marketing side as well, you know, and what works and what doesn't. But we're not saying, you know, I don't want to do this and I'm just going to stay the way that I always am. And, you know, I'm never going to be able to adapt and, you know, I'm not going to change. I don't think I should have to change. Well, okay, that's just not the way we think. So you got to find your lane. You got to find where people are um, where they're attracted to you. There's got to be something about you that works with certain people, and a lot of times the the music and the songs they'll they'll act that'll actually do the work for you if you let it. It's just when people open their mouths, sometimes you turn a lot of people off if you say the wrong thing. Same thing with politics and anything else. You know, right now in, in society, not just from where I'm from, but there's a lot of sensitivity out there. Mm-hmm. Nobody can really crack a joke anymore. Hey, you know? welcome to Sweden. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, I, I don't think that... I don't know if I necessarily... I don't know if I necessarily look at it in the way of okay, well, before these (laughs) comments were funny, like certain things like back in the 80s, 80s, like in regards to females Mm -hmm. and disrespectful and like you're just supposed to, you know, as a woman, just shrug it off uh, because it's a man's world and all that. That's bullshit, you know? Like everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a mind and a heart and a soul and they have ideas and they have a character and they have a personality. Everyone should be respected. And I totally, on every single level, Um, Some of the most incredible people I know, smart, talented, funny, and just extraordinary people are women. So, you know, this whole thing that's going on right now with that divide is, you know, something that I think has been building up. But once again, you've got to figure out if you're an ambassador for change and building in a positive community, and, and really expressing that, not only with your music, but bringing people together. All I want to do is play for the masses. All I want to do is stand on any platform that I've been bestowed because an audience wants to hear what I have to say and they want me to entertain them. I am here to serve. You know, that's, that's what I asked for. And I think sometimes people will forget that um, in regards to personality and in regards to you know, artistic freedom and all of those elements. But the sensitivity can sometimes be a hindrance because then all of a sudden you don't have, you're not tough. You know, it's like you have to be able to, and there's a reason I'm saying this, and it's a lot of what attention attention is about. The record is about not being afraid to fail because you're not going to be defined by your weakness. You're not going to be defined by your failure. Because at the end of the day, if you try, even if you got to try over and over and over again, that's called determination. That's not failure. Mm-hmm. And eventually you will win, you know, but you cannot be afraid to fail. That's, that's a big part of what attention, attention is. It, it may not be pretty, but the more you go after what you believe in, eventually you'll make your mark. And with yeah. that, unfortunately,
1: the time's up and we have a final question for you. We ask this to everyone. Yes, sir. please.
0: Name yes. your shisy song. A song that a cringe, you're not a yeah, cringe, something song. cringe <laughs> song. Something that you're not proud of, something that you listen to maybe a little bit secretly but you wouldn't
1: put it on the tour no, bus and say i, it's I like not this a credit- song
0: <laughs> it's not something one of it. our songs yeah, or no no else. anything something it else it could be
1: from your childhood
0: whatever yeah. a
2: song that you really like but something nobody that your would really... fans
0: would not expect <laughs> they would you go, to listen what? to it's that? not not gonna give you a lot of credit
2: <laughs> abba sos <laughs> oh, oh what a great we song we love you for that <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good song but i absolutely like that i love abba and I, you know, I cringe, but like, I can see everybody else going, <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> you know, but I'm like in the front lounge, just grooving, you know, yeah. it's, it, it, here's the thing too. Then the next time you listen to SOS. We're going to think about you. <laughs> think about me, we will. but take an initiative with both of your ears. When the chorus happens, if you listen to the guitar part in that song, because the scale is actually in a tritone, it's actually really metal. It is like yeah. if you if you know how it's played, it's actually a very very metal part. Cool. So it's it's pretty rad actually. But I that that would my that might make everybody else around me cringe. <laughs> but. Um, you Know that, that that would be the one where I would actually get off on watching them cringe while I'm like jamming to it, <laughs> <laughs> just making them uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Brad, it was a pleasure Absolutely. having you here. Thank you so much. Like we say so nice. to everybody, best best of luck with uh, everything. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate we, we, the time, guys. We'd we like you. to
1: finish off with, with just saying up your bottom,
2: up your bottom. Yeah, oh, I it's just called rock, rock bottom. This rock show. <laughs> All right, up your bottom. <laughs> <laughs>